last year, straight up against the spread. Best bets. Suck it, suck it, and suck it. All three. <laughs> not that I care. Not that I'm going to gloat. Not that I care. It's over. It's yep. over. We're on to Cincinnati, baby. We don't navel gaze. We don't count our trophies. The best ring is the next ring. Unfortunately, my quest for another ring was slightly, slightly derailed last week. It was close. It was tight. It was a crazy first week. There were a lot of weird games. And actually, the in the final analysis, I'm not nearly as upset as I thought I was going to be. At one point, I thought, and I feared, I'm not going to get any of these games right. So I will take a straight-up victory, i.e. straight-up your ass. Yeah. Can we say that? Sure, what the hell. Uh, you did. I will take only being two games behind you against the spread because I thought I was abysmal against the spread. I'll take seven and nine. And best bets, hey, you get, yay. congratulations, Christopher. You're 3-0. and oh. I'll get you, though. I'll get you. It's just a matter of time. No, you won't. Not this year. I'm a man on a mission. Now, what I do want to question right off the bat, right, and I, I deliberately saved this, I feel like the straight up, Versus the spread. I don't. I. I don't know. I got to look there at these numbers. I don't always trust Pete because, because I thought I had one last week where it hit the spread right on the button. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I change it. I'm not going to deal with it. We'll figure it well, out some other time. Hey, <laughs> hey, I had one that was the blind squirrel outcome. Steelers twenty three. Oh, Bengals that, twenty. That pisses me off. Boom. Yeah, that pisses Take me it. off. Shouldn't even won the game. Damn it. And he got that. All of that. That's horrible. It really is. I'm, I'm very disappointed by that. But uh, uh, I'm, we're, I'm, I'm on a mission here. I'm like the Buffalo Bills of the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm coming after you this year. Here we go. I'm like the Rams. I'm resting on my laurels, and I'm, I'm resting my elbow as well. <laughs> so yeah. uh, let's get to it. Let's Thursday it. night football on Amazon Prime Video, although apparently they just want it to be called Prime Video. The Amazon is implied. The Chiefs are implied to be the best team in the AFC West. They're four-point favorites against the Los Angeles Chargers. Highest over under the week at 54. Chris, who do you like in this one? Well, this is I'm, I'm excited for the game, and we discussed this game a little bit earlier, you know, this morning, and, and it's it's awesome. It's Herbert Mahomes. To me, it's two of the three best quarterbacks in football. You know, two teams that have changed themselves in the offseason last over this last year excited about that I am we talked about it the Chargers have been built to beat the Chiefs we can rush the passer with Khalil Mack Joey Bosa we don't have to blitz you know you don't blitz Patrick Mahomes you know they drafted Asante Samuel Jr. they got JC Jackson they got Derwin James so they got the pieces to cover in the back end the Chiefs have improved their their defense as well it's young that does scare me a little that the secondary and the corners can be a little young for them at times, um, but their D-line looked damn good last week. The Chargers improved their O-line. But having said that, in Kansas City and all of that, I'm rolling with the Chiefs here. I am. I just think the Chiefs are uh, the energy of that stadium, and I just think Patrick Mahomes, 
has an answer for everything. You know, just the way it looked last week, uh, I think you'll see more of the Patrick Mahomes we saw in the second matchup against the Chargers last year, where he'll be patient, he'll take what, it, what the defense gives him, and when that opportunity arises to go, ooh, I can throw a special throw 40 yards down the th- field, he'll do that. But I expect a lot of points going back and forth here, and I'm going to take the Chiefs 31-28. to I think it's a close one, and it's kind of a late field goal that wins the football ooh, game. Ooh, ooh, a little, a little needle thread. I know. I right had it right the on gates. the. I write it right on the dot. I had thirty-one twenty-seven, so I had to kind of change that on the fly as I sat here and and looked at it was minus four because I I would not. I'm not betting on this game. This will not be one of my bets of the week. I know that. I have learned to trust my gut reaction, first instinct, even though it is far from perfect. I just know that when I get myself twisted up in overthinking. I end up pissing myself off far more often than not. Right. That rarely, rarely do I have an instinct that I talk my way out of and I talk my way into the right outcome. Yeah, Usually yeah. I end up being extremely upset with myself for ignoring my instinct. So my instinct, Chiefs 31-20. Now, I started to talk myself out of it after we discussed the game earlier today on PFT Live, the idea that... Okay, maybe the Chargers won't blitz 54% of the time like the Cardinals did. Right. Maybe they'll trust Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa to get after Patrick Mahomes without help, flood the zones, consume the passing lanes, make it harder for Mahomes to find someone who's open. He doesn't have Tyreek Hill anymore to bust open 60 yards down the field. Once all hell breaks loose and he's running around with his hair on fire, I started to, to doubt myself but I've come back around. The Chiefs are on a mission. The Chiefs are going to get it done. The Chiefs have been preparing all offseason for the first two weeks. A lot of teams prepare for one. Yeah. I think the Chiefs prepared for two because they knew they got this one four days after right, the Cardinals. Right. And I think they knew. I think they knew. Cardinals, we can handle the Cardinals. The Chargers are a different issue, yes. and I think they're ready. I think they have a plan, and I think they'll implement it. And we'll be saying tomorrow – Watch out for the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that either. I'm excited for it. I am, and nonetheless, just because like we talked about the quarterbacks, Brandon Staley, what will be his approach, right? Is he going to be, you know, is he going to be the guy that had yeah, the fourth the fourth down conversions were great the first time they won and beat the Chiefs in Kansas City? Or is it going to be just crazy go for it fourth down conversions like he did the second time at home in L.A. where it came back to bite him in the ass and they probably would have won the game if he didn't do it a few times and just kicked field goals. That's another aspect to certainly watch. But uh, as I've been saying, I think the fact that the Chiefs don't have Tyree Kill actually plays in their favor. I know they're no, nobody's as talented as him on their receiving core, but the fact that they're all good and you can't, a Brandon Staley coach can't go, oh, wait, I know what to expect when Tyree kills in the slot or when he's in the outside of three receivers or if he's a single receiver to one side. Right now, it's very hard to tell who that guy is or where it's coming from in Kansas City, and I hear you, and I'm, I'm with you in that feeling with the Chiefs for sure. All right, we move on to the early games on the second Sunday of the regular season, and oh, boy. Whoa, boy. Right out of the gates. The Dolphins at the Ravens. Miami bedeviled Lamar Jackson and the rest of the offense last year with that zero blitz look where they would drop guys into coverage and rush guys, and and they beat the Ravens 22-10 to on the 10th Thursday of the regular season. This time around, and Chris, I'm, I'm intrigued by this for, for two reasons. Yeah. First, will Lamar handle it any better as he's in his contract year and second is this kind of an audition for the Dolphins because I think the Dolphins 
are one of the few potential destinations for Lamar Jackson in 2023 if this thing happens where the Ravens tag him and they consider trading him. I don't think the Dolphins can sign him to an offer sheet because they lost their first-round pick for next year. You have to have your own first-round pick. Now, they have San Francisco's. I think if San Francisco's is higher, they can still do an offer sheet. Right. But either way, I think if the Ravens are considering trading Lamar Jackson after this season, the Dolphins are a potential destination. This is an audition and a challenge for Lamar Jackson. Does he rise to the occasion? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, you, you hit that on the head. I mean, I'm interested to see what their plan is, too. That Dolphins, the Dolphins match up very well with the Ravens, especially right now where I don't know if the Ravens run game is hitting on all cylinders. You know, again, Brand, you know, uh, the, 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 uh, the left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, I don't know where he's at in his health right now. We saw Jawan James tear his other Achilles tendon, right, last week. That concerns me. We know the running backs aren't quite to 100%. I do think it's going to have to fall on Lamar in the pass game. And who is that guy at receiver that can make a play or two to get open against these all-out blitzes? Be shocked if the Ravens don't have a good game plan for this all-out blitz type of look. But the Dolphins... You know, their defense matches up with the Ravens across the board. And, of course, we know they can cover guys man-to-man and be an issue that way. Dolphins offense, hey, it's good, too. I, You know, the Ravens losing Kyle Fuller last week at corner with Marcus Peters not being back yet either. That bothers me a little. But I still think the Ravens defense, like the Dolphins, is damn awesome. I do. And even though they have Waddle and Tyree Kill, you know, I don't think that Tua is yet. I'm not. I gotta see it before he goes bombs away and really scares teams. There were some plays last week in that Patriots game where I go, "Oh, he's open down the middle. Throw it. He's open. He's open." And I feel like he was a little tentative. Like I don't know if I can reach him. I don't know if I want to throw it out there. Right? Um, I think this is a very close football game. I was going to go. Eh, I think I might pick the Dolphins as an upset, but the fact that it's in Baltimore, home opener. The way they lost to them last year, and really, I'm going to pin this on this one a little too, so you can suck this to and on. I think Tua is going to turn the ball over in this one. This is the game where I think a strip sack fumble, a dumb interception, that defense, creative, crowd noise, all that leads to it. I think the Ravens win a close one, 20-17, Mike. You know, Bill Belichick, bordering on the making of excuses last week, which is something he's never done because yeah. he's rarely had to, frankly. He was right, though, when he said it was just a couple of plays that changed that game. Yeah, and 20-7, right. to seven, see, we need to rewire our brains. 20-7 to seven looks like a big margin. It really isn't nah, a no. big margin. Yeah, you're right. It isn't. Mm-hmm. When you score points in seven-point increments – 13 is no big deal. And right. we see teams coming from behind double digits or more all the time now. We see that score and we're, I don't know, I don't know why we think, oh boy, Whoa, that was dominant. Really kicked their ass. Right, right. They didn't. Right. They didn't. And, and you're right. The Ravens at home, the Ravens spending the offseason studying exactly what went wrong against the Dolphins on that Thursday night last year. And even though Josh Boyer and most of the defense is back, Brian Flores isn't there. So to the extent that you need to look at what happened last year, predict what the Ravens are going to do to counter it, and then get a step ahead of them on the chessboard, Flores isn't there to help do it. And I think there's there's value in having him there. And conversely, it hurts for him to not be there. Because Mike McDaniel 
isn't going to help Josh Boyer figure out the next move to make to stay ahead of the Ravens offense as they try to zig based on the zagging that was done last year. Yeah. So I put all that together. The challenge that Lamar Jackson has, the opportunity he has to impress the Dolphins as he gets closer and closer, possibly to leaving the Ravens. I think the Ravens win 24 to 20. Barely covering, but covering and winning. Probably not a best bet for me, but I think the Ravens get it done, especially because this one is landing so early that they spent, I believe, a ton of time getting ready for it. Yeah, this might be another team that, like you talked about with the Chiefs and the Chargers, where I would expect that, yeah, there was some time spent on this. And we discussed this a little this morning. I think a lot of teams have looked at the Dolphins, who've added them on their schedule, because this is a pain in the ass dealing with this defense. And how are you going to combat it? What are you going to do? Uh, so I would think the Ravens, yeah, spent some time in the offseason. Even in training camp, I bet you there was a few days where they did a Dolphins practice. They might have not told the players, but that's what they were working on. So uh, yeah, it, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by this game. I'm very. It's one of the games of the day at 1 o'clock for sure for me. All right, we move on to the next game, not one of the games of the day. The New York Jets, the Cleveland Browns, home opener with Brownie the Elf painted in the middle of the field. The Jets with Joe Flacco getting yet another start. The Browns are six-and-a-half-point favorites. If they win, they will be 2-0 and for the first time since 1993, although that was the Ravens, right? Ravens fans still get pissed off when I say that. Browns fans get pissed off when I say it, but facts are facts. That was the Ravens that went 2-0 in 1993, not the Browns. These Browns didn't exist yet, but they exist now. So they've never been. I guess that's the better way to put it. They've never been 2-0. These Browns, they have a chance to do it. Six-and-a-half-point favorites, over under a 40. Who do you like? Well, um, I like the Browns. I'm going to go and pick them here. But I don't feel necessarily warm and cozy about it. Uh, I, you know, Again, I don't have much faith in the Browns passing game. I gotta, you know, gotta see more production out of that part of the offense. The Jets' defense looked pretty damn good last week against the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I know they let up, you know, three touchdown passes to Lamar Jackson, but context matters. There was a Shankopotamus shitty kick by the Jets, and there was a stupid decision by Joe Flacco that led to short field touchdowns for the Baltimore Ravens. So I do think the Jets can keep them in there a little bit. Other thing I look at too, to where just. To me, maybe plays in the Jets' favor. You know, Robert Sala, um, he taught the defensive coordinator for the Browns, uh, Woods. I'm I'm blanking on his first name here. Joe. Joe Woods. Thank you very much, Mike. When in doubt, just go with Joe. Hey, Joe. Yeah, that's right. Hey, Joe. And uh, so, yeah, because of that, I, I, I think that it'll be a close football game. I think the Jets are a team with an edge in trying to disprove some of these, you know, haters and people that are doubting them. And I think Robert Sala does bring that to the table. But ultimately, I think the Browns running game, them being at home, will help them win the ugly close football game. They got a kicker that is looks like he's a real weapon for sure. Twenty to seventeen Browns. Ooh, another not not a I know, I'm needle, close on all but these, another though. Another take the favorite to win, but the underdog to cover. Three for three is Chris Sims so far this week. Yikes. I, I'm going to go 24 to 10, Browns. I just think that the Jets aren't ready. I think that the Browns are ready. I think sometimes when you escape from a week one game that you should have easily won and then you had to panic and scramble and win it, I think what happens in the days after that 
you recommit to doing everything that worked and you learn how to keep your foot on the gas. I I think that's what Kevin Stefanski, the 2020 NFL coach of the year, will have done this week with his team. And they'll build a lead and hold a lead this time around at home. Fans going crazy. Every win they get until Deshaun Watson comes back is money in the bank for a potential playoff run later. And I think that the Browns will pull it off. And one thing that happened last week, a lot of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb on the field at the same time. Yeah. And Stefanski talked earlier in this week about continuing to do that. And, hey, put your best players on the field. Yeah, that's right. That's one of the ways to backfill the absence of Deshaun Watson. 100%. Get your best players on the field no matter what, and that'll help them. And I think they'll go to 2-0 for the first time Ever. ever. Not since 1993. Ever. Commanders at the Lions. First time the Lions have been favored to win in a long time. They are one-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Yes, they lost in week one. The Commanders won. But this is one of the winnable games for Detroit early season to build some momentum. Can the Lions beat Washington and get to one-and-one? Chris, what do you think? I expect a close game. I'm going to say that right off the bat. I do. There's some things that I liked about the Lions last week, certainly. They had a chance to kind of control the game early on and drop some opportunities against the Philadelphia Eagles. They struggled, you know, ultimately with trying to contain Jalen Jalen Hurts and his scrambling ability, and that led to some one-on-ones with A.J. Brown, where he won, of course. That's what he does, right? I could see this game being high-scoring. I don't know if either defense is all that great here. And, you know, the where I'm, I'm leaning Washington, and I'm going to take the commanders 27-24 here. My biggest reason being, you know, again, I don't expect the commanders to run the ball all that effectively, and I do question their O-line a little bit. You've heard me say that, and I think last week you can certainly look at it and maybe question it a little too, but I, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not ready to write home and say the Lions' pass rush is special to really take advantage of that. And then I look on the back end and go, hey, Jeff Okuda looks better, c- certainly, um, but I, I think this Washington pass game is, is somewhat elite. I do. And then I think you couple that with, hey, there's things I like about the Lions. I do. But at the same time, I still think they're finding their way with who they want to call the plays and and be offensive coordinator. And they have Jared Goff. And Jared Goff, to me, is just good in these kind of games to where, ooh, it could be a shootout and all that, where he's just going to leave a few points or a few drives where they got to get off the field because he's going to miss a pass or or he's just going to – you know, miss the read or whatever else that way. So that's where I'm going to go Washington 27-24. Oh, oh boy. Uh, uh, we disagree for the first time this week. I just like the Lions. I don't know how many opportunities they really have to win yeah, games. I know. And, and, and does it carry over that they finish strong with their second straight week one backdoor cover when they were left for dead and they made it a three-point game against the Eagles? I don't really know, but – you got to deliver something for those fans. You got to just find a way with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams and Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown. Just get it done. Make it happen. And this feels like the kind of game where they keep it close, they hold it together. You never know when Carson Wentz is going to urinate down his leg to use the Mike Tomlin phraseology. And sometimes he will and then recover from it like we saw in week one. But I think you count on Carson Wentz giving you a gift at some point, and maybe the Lions take advantage of it. This is just pure gut feeling. This is 23-20, Lions over the Commanders. By the way, it is the first time they've been favored since 2020, and they lost in that game 20 to nothing. So, yeah, that's not good either. Colts at Jaguars. The Colts reeling 
from a tie that should have been a loss for them. They're four-point favorites in Jacksonville. They are back at the scene of the crime from last year that resulted in Carson Wentz being thrown overboard and maybe Frank Reich almost being thrown out the door. Jim Irsay can't be happy with the outcome to week one. If they lose at Jacksonville again, I can't imagine anyone being thrilled with that. Four-point favorites, Colts, Jaguars, who do you got? It's a tough one to me. You know, I do think going down in Jacksonville is a little bit of a trap game because, you know, everybody just goes down there and go, ah, oh, you know, the energy in the stadium, it's not that great. The stadium's not that impressive. People kind of fall asleep at the wheel when they go to Jacksonville. Of course, they traditionally haven't been that good. You know, that that's where it can be uh, trappy that way. Colts blew a lot of opportunities last week in that football game against the Texans. Fourth and one and near the goal line, don't convert it. Stupid interception on a screen pass, fumbled snap around midfield. Those were all issues, you know. And and I know they ran the ball well. They did do that. Matt Ryan was pretty efficient for most of the day. I think this team is significantly the Jacksonville Jaguars more talented than the Houston Texans. And man, I thought watching that game back that Jacksonville is really close. I'm a believer in Jacksonville, maybe more than most. I picked them to win last week. They had it there. They really blew a few opportunities, especially early in the game, to get a little bit of a lead and cushion there. I'm going with Jacksonville to pull off the upset here. I'm going to say they win at 24-21, and the Colts' struggles in Jacksonville continue. You have now chosen, in each of the five games we've discussed so far, the underdog to at least cover. You have now taken the underdog to win two of the five games. I will disagree with you. I think that the Colts will be even more locked in, even more focused after what happened last week. They're still learning their way with a new quarterback. They've lost to Jacksonville in Jacksonville at least for two straight years. Remember, two years ago, the Jaguars beat the Colts week one and never won again. So I think the Colts, with Jonathan Taylor, who had 164 rushing yards yeah. last week, Matt Ryan came on after they fell behind 20 to 3. There are some good things to take from what happened last week. And here, here's the reality. I mean, you're starting the season on the road against the two teams in your division you should be able to sweep. Right. You tie the Texans. If you lose to the Jaguars, I, I really don't know how long GM Chris Ballard can keep owner Jim Ursay from firing everyone. Because I really do think Ballard saved Reich. I don't know that. I rarely know anything. I'm just guessing that Ursay was ready to get rid of not only Carson Wentz, but also the guy who recommended Carson Wentz last year in Frank Reich. I, I, and I'm not suggesting Ursay would fire Reich during the season. But, but it's these Ursay's kind of games be, that, that put it on notice. This, 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 this is the kind of game that, even if it doesn't get him fired at the bye week, it's the kind of game that, if you ultimately don't make the playoffs or win the division or get a favorable matchup in round one, it's because you blew it in September in Jacksonville. When everyone knows that what happened last year in Jacksonville is the thing that caused the owner's head to explode. So you got to go back to Indianapolis or Jacksonville this year and win. It's, it's sometimes it's just that simple to me. 24, 17 Colts over the Jaguars. I feel pretty good about that one. This one may be, you know, the Colts, the Colts screwed me last week on the best bet. This may be a best bet for me this week. Good. We'll I hope see how screw I feel you at again. the end. Yeah, good. Buccaneers at the Saints. The Saints have won six in a row in the regular season against Tampa Bay. The Bucs are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Home opener for the Saints and their new coach, Dennis Allen. 
We talked about this one on PFT Live. I think we both were trying not to give away our pick. Now it's time to give it away. Who do you like? I'm going to go with the team that's been winning this series. I don't feel comfortable about it, but I'm going to go with the Saints here. I'm going to go 24-21 Saints. Um, you know, the biggest the Saints match up well with the Bucks. The Saints won last week despite not playing their best football. And I think that's going to get get them on edge this week too. It's one of those, you know, rare wins where you don't feel good after, and you're almost pissed off when you go into the facility Monday, Tuesday, because you're like, we're, we're better than that. Like, what, what did we do? And the coaches have, like, a fire under their ass because they know they're better than that. Now you know you've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl contender in town. But I do think it's kind of win that will give the offense and Jameis Winston confidence. They were phenomenal in the fourth quarter. So th- this is where I just look at it and go, I'm a little worried about the O-line of the of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, just because not necessarily that I think they're bad or they look good last week, but this is a different animal in the Saints. The Saints D line did not play its best football last week. Uh, they have a guy in Marshawn Lattimore that can match up against Evans, and obviously Dennis Allen has a great feel for this left witch Bruce Arians offense. And then you know with and then the injuries bother me a little. You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, Mike Evans might play. I, I get that, but he's on the injury report. It's not going to be 100%. Julio Jones is never 100% anymore. Now that we played a game, it's back to Julio going to be a game-time decision or Saturday, we'll see. So they And they got other guys on the roster that are banged up too. Uh, so I just look at it here, Saints home opener, close football game, physical, but I'm going to go with the Saints and Jameis Winston and just that confidence of them coming back kind of carries over to this one and they win the football game. I agree with you on this one completely. And, hey, I'm sick of getting dragged by Saints fans who keep asking us, will we never learn? Well, we've learned. Yeah. And if the Bucks win, the Saints fans are going to hear it. They're going to hear it because they influence me to go with the Saints in this one. But you mentioned the receivers, five on the injury report. This week, yep. there's no way Chris Godwin's playing. He's got the hamstring injury. Yeah, no way. And it's it's common to have a hamstring problem when you're coming off an ACL tear. That, that There are statistics out there that back that up. Right. Julio Jones didn't practice on Wednesday. Brashad Perriman was limited. Russell Gage has a hamstring. He's one of the new guys they brought in and is one of the starters actually ahead of Julio Jones. Jones didn't practice. Evans is limited with the calf. It's not good. And they're going to come after Tom Brady. They, they are going to come after him. Not in the way that... The Saints did once upon a time when they went after Brett Favre and Kurt Warner in the postseason. But they'll legitimately and illegally come after him, and they will try to hit him. And he's either going to take those hits or he's going to do what he did. And we've seen him do it. We haven't seen him do it recently because he's getting rid of the football more quickly than ever, it seems. But when in doubt, it's time to throw that ball up in the air. And if it's picked off, so be it. At least I didn't get hit again. But that's a real concern, I think. Those hits on a 45-year-old quarterback who no amount of pliability exercises or avocado ice cream is going to save him from feeling it at age 45. So I like the Bucks to lose this one to the Saints, 27-21. We both have the Saints. We both have them covering. All right, next on the docket, we have the Carolina Panthers taking on the Giants. The Panthers lose after <laughs> taking the lead late, and they had fought from a 
significant deficit to take the lead. The Giants come back and win the game down 20-7. to They beat the Titans with the two-point conversion. Giants are two-point favorites in their home opener, 43-and-a-half over under. Chris, who you got? Um, I'm going to go with Carolina to get their win on the road here with the New York Giants. You know, the New York Giants, it was great that they won week one. They were a little fortunate, sure, yes. You know, I do think all in all, Tennessee probably outplayed them. Saquon Barkley looked amazing. Daniel Jones was efficient other than one bad decision down in the red area. That was a little concerning there. Um, but I do think the Carolina offense kind of got something going towards the second half of that football game. And, you know, the Giants, I still think finding their way on the offensive side of the ball, I don't think they're going to be able to take advantage of the Carolina defense like the Cleveland Browns did. Where the Cleveland Browns, I mean, they ran they ran for a lot of yards. I mean, what was the total there? 217 total yards. I don't expect the New York Giants offensive line to be able to do that to the Carolina Panthers. I'm a little disappointed in Carolina. The fact that they got so many big studs up front and they got the ball run on them like that, I got to think they're pissed off. But within that, um, yeah, I expect them to, to be a different team here this week. The Giants defense, you know, good, creative, got some things to like. But I still don't think it's like overly talented. I think the the Panthers find a way to get a gritty back against the wall type win. This is just a gut feeling here. It's not a lot of ton and X's and O's where the Giants might have a little bit of complacency. Thank God they got a win. I'm going to go Panthers 23-20. The Ben McAdoo revenge game. The offensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers back in New York. The team that fired him, deservedly so. Now... Uh, he gets an opportunity to to get a little vengeance. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Saquon Barkley impressed the hell out of me last week. Uh, he's I, healthy. I he's motivated. As long as he stays healthy, he's going to keep having big games. They're going to ride him. And this is the perfect year to ride him. Fifth year of his contract. He's auditioning for everyone. He's trying to reestablish himself. Again, he's got to stay healthy. And it's not on him. The position is not conducive to staying healthy. But for now, he's healthy. And I think he keeps going, and I think he has a big game, and I think the Giants find a way to win 24-20, to so they win in their cover in their home opener. Take that, Ben McAdoo. I just don't have... Yeah. There's just signs of Matt Rule kind of... Like, he feels it disintegrating. He knows what's coming. He knows David Tepper is going to get rid of him after this year. And if he doesn't make the playoffs... He's gone. That's the litmus test. You got to make the playoffs this year. You don't have to advance. You just have to get there. If he doesn't get there, I think he's gone. And losing that game against the Browns after they were done, they take the lead and then they blow it. I know he's making some weird excuses this week or saying how good the offense was in the second half. Well, okay, the Giants are not the Giants, but the the Browns took their their foot off the gas a little bit, and the Panthers had a big play, a seventy six yard catch and yeah, run. That's right. Uh, that makes your per play average go up as well. So. I just don't I don't believe in the Panthers yet. Yeah. They had a chance and I'm kind of pissed off because they were one of my best bets last week and they screwed me. So take that, Panthers. I'm picking you to screw lose them again, this week. Panthers. Sure, Win the I'm game sure they, and screw them they again. Feel that one. Patriots at the Steelers. New England is a two and a half point favorite. Pittsburgh home opener. Pittsburgh got the emotional win with tech ten extra minutes of football. That may that may linger as the Steelers get ready for one of their rivals in the AFC. Who do you like in this one? Over under a 40 points. I have a feeling it should be lower than that. Who do you like? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Patriots here. I'm going to go Patriots 21-17, wow. just knock that off right wow. off the bat. I, the biggest thing is I don't have faith in the Steelers' offense. That's my biggest concern. 
I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball or score a whole lot on the, the Patriots. The Patriots defense played good last week. I mean, with all those weapons in the Dolphins that we talk about, oh, it was positive and Tua looked pretty good. The Dolphins scored 13 points on offense. They had a strip sack fumble and picked it up for a touchdown on a play where left tackle Trent Brown didn't block the guy he was supposed to block. So I don't think you can rely on those type of mistakes this week. No T.J. Watt. Some of the disguises and things that caught Joe Burrow by surprise, they're not going to catch New England and Mac Jones by surprise because they they got evidence to see it and expect it a little bit. So because of all those things and the fact that, yeah, the Patriots are a little desperate being 1-0 and and the human emotion are 0-1 and and the Steelers are 1-0, um, uh, I, 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 like, I like the Patriots. I think they're going to go on the road and kind of win an ugly football game 21-17, like I said. I think the Steelers keep it rolling. I don't believe in the New England offense. We talked during PFT Live about the Brian Flores factor, what he knows about Bill Belichick, and that extra little kick, that extra little drive, that extra little thing. Mike Tomlin is an expert at finding ways to get his guys extra lathered up. He is. They did it week one against the Bengals. They're going to use that Flores angle to get the Steelers extra motivated and driven to beat the New England Patriots. This is a chance to get them. They are down, and there's a lot of pent-up frustration in that Steelers organization about games from the past. Even though this predates Tomlin, and even though there's no players there, there's people working there who remember yeah. the 01 and 04 AFC championships where there are some that still believe they got cheated in those games by the Spygate second time around, especially in 2004. So there's animosity. It's not open. It's not It's not clear but it's there and the Steelers are going to relish the opportunity to beat the Patriots and get to 2 and 0. So, I like the Steelers 20 to 13. We'll take a break when we return. The late afternoon games including four big favorites who happen to be 0 and 1. More PFTPM Chris Sims unbuttoned right after this. All right, we're back. PFTPM, Chris Sims unbuttoned the late afternoon games for the second Sunday of the 2022 regular season. Always important to enunciate the T's. 2022, Falcons at Rams. The Rams coming off of that blowout loss to the Buffalo Bills are 10.5 point favorites over the Falcons. It's the biggest spread of the week over under of 46.5. And, and it's the first of four double digit spreads this week. There were none last week so uh chris who do you like rams or falcons an old afc nfc west excuse me an the old NFC days. west reunion from right. the old days yeah um I, I obviously like the rams to win the football game i do but i ten and a half is a little too much for me i'm not going to pick it to be that that big of a spread i'm not you know first off there's things that legit concern me about the rams you know we talked about it last week when we had to pick these games against the bills they're not exactly the same football team. Yeah, I know they, they didn't lose any well, – they lost some stars and they lost some role players that are important. I mean, Von Miller and OBJ being the stars that they lost, certainly. Allen Robinson didn't seem to find his way into the offense yet. But the, ultimately, what I really worry about more than anything is the Rams O-line I think is going to be a little bit of an issue all year long. I do. I don't have tremendous faith in that. The Atlanta Falcons D-line, even though it's like – guys that are not household names was very impressive and watching them back I went man there's a little more you know size and physicality to that front than I thought AJ Terrell is coming become becoming one of the best corners in football you know I'm a big believer in Dean Pease and Arthur Smith's game plans for the most part I am 
And I think their ability to run the ball, because that's one of the strengths of their team. They got an O-line that's real. Maybe something that I did not totally see coming into the season. And then when you watch that back against the Saints, you go, oh. And then you added the fact that the Marcus Mariota run game off of that. And then Cordell Patterson. And we know Pitts and Drake London looks like the real deal, too. I think they're going to be a pain in the ass here, but I'm going to pick the Rams 28-20. I just can't go more than 10.5. I don't feel that. You're only a field goal away, though, from covering. And yep. and I think that this is a get-out-your-frustration on the Falcons. Yeah, okay. This is, the wor- this is like we talked earlier this morning, and we'll talk about it coming up, the Bengals and the Cowboys. Like, when you have a week one game that just was not characteristic of who you are, right? and you get a chance the next week to be who you are and show who you are, that's when the opponent has to be concerned. The Falcons had that game won. They were up 16. They blew it. You got to recover from that. You got to travel to L.A. The Rams had three extra days to get ready. Now they have two of their starting offensive linemen who didn't practice on Wednesday. We'll watch the report the rest of the week. But Joe Noteboom, who's supposedly day-to-day with an MCL, didn't practice on Wednesday, six days afterward. Starting center has a knee. He didn't practice either. Um, So, you know, Matthew Stafford's fine, which is good news. I like the Rams 34-20. That doesn't mean everything's fine, but it's going to be fine for at least one day. Seahawks at the 49ers. The 49ers are nine-point favorites, down from nine-and-a-half, over under a 41-and-a-half. Seahawks on the road after getting that emotional win on a Monday night. Short week to turn it around and process it and get ready. 49ers played in the swamp at Soldier Field. Hard to really glean anything from what we saw there. Who do you like in this? This is another one of those early season big division rivalries. You know, they like to load up division games late in the year. It seems a little early to be sinking your teeth into some big rivalries, but here we go. Who do you like? Yeah, here we go. I like the 49ers. I'm going to pick them to win. I'm not going to pick them to cover the spread, though. I'm not. You know, even though I I think they're going to be one of these teams, like you kind of just talked about, of like the Rams, that's going to be pissed off, get back on track, you know, everything you got, home opener, definitely. The rain last week definitely hurt the 49ers more than it did the Bears. The 49ers are the bigger and faster team, and it made them slower and on a, and, and, and an inability to stink, sink their cleats in the ground and push the Bears around. I think that really hurt them. But I, I just don't see blowout in the 49ers' resume right now with Trey Lance at quarterback. I don't. One thing is Pete Carroll has shown uh, in, in, in their defense the ability to kind of get a hold of the Shanahan run game. I do, and then, of course, I'm not ready to just anoint the the 49ers pass game ready to take over and stress out the the Seahawks' defense. You know, I think we're going to still see a steady dose of Debo Samuel at tailback. Couldn't get over how many times he ran the ball last week. And, you know, added to that, I mean, he's amazing at running the ball. I said on my podcast yesterday, I mean, I think Debo Samuel's in the conversation for one of the five best running backs in football, let alone one of the five best receivers. It's really crazy. It is. But I think ultimately, too, what I get scared of and why I'm going to pick the 49ers and win 24-17 to is I still don't have faith in the Seahawks' offense. I don't. We saw, hey, it was great. Geno was great. First half. But it's like they ran out of tricks. And it's like, okay, that was it. I, I had my four or five game plan plays in the first half, and I don't have any more in the second half. And, whoa, they made some adjustments, and I don't know what to do. There's still a problem with them getting the ball to DK Metcalf and – this is a different animal as far as the defensive line's concerned from what the Seahawks saw with Denver. That's why I go 49ers.
They need to line DK Metcalf up in the backfield and just give him the. They probably do. Forty nine yeah. to do with Debo. That bubble screen stuff. We talked about it earlier this week. It looks good on the board, but the O that's supposed to get out there and block the X is three hundred and twenty pounds, and he can't get there <laughs> right, in time. Right. They have Ken Walker likely to play this weekend. Ooh, I Ken like Walker, that. The third, second like round that. pick. That's a potential difference maker for Seattle. I look. Ooh. Yeah, I'm picking the Seahawks to win. You like you I'm want the drama. Home. That's what you want. You want to pick the Seattle because you want the drama. You want the Jimmy Garoppolo I'm, drama to I'm go. I'm allowing to. my interest. <laughs> you know, who do you root for? I root for a good story. And there's no better story than the 49ers losing at home, Trey Lance not looking good, and Monday or Tuesday we find out Jimmy G is starting Sunday night football week three, 49ers at Broncos. Bengals at Cowboys. The Bengals, seven-and-a-half-point favorites over the Cowboys, over under a 41-and-a-half. Cooper Rush versus Joe Burrow. This is so weird. This is like some upside-down universe where the Bengals are the clear favorite against the Cowboys. What's the world coming to? Well, the Bengals are still pretty good, and even though they lost in week one, I have full faith in the Bengals. Chris, do you? Yeah, I do too. Uh, to me, this is, uh, I mean, it's easy to pick the winner. I mean, yeah, I'm picking the Bengals. What, what the, there's no Dak Prescott, and what the hell was the like about the Cowboys with Dak Prescott? And now they're playing a team that's, you know, every bit as talented as the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, the only way I think they can lose this game or even be close is if just the, the O-line doesn't show up and can't block Dexter Lawrence and Micah Parsons. But I got to think that O-line, you know, second week playing together, you know, pissed off a little bit last week. They're going to be ready to go. And I just think that jo I still am a huge believer in Joe Burrow and that offense. I'm going 28-17 Bengals. I actually probably should pick it to be more than that, but it's going to be 28-17 and certainly could be one of my best bets for this week. We rarely pick, I know I rarely pick a blowout score because if it goes haywire, then you get dragged even harder than you otherwise would. I'm throwing that out the window here. The Bengals are in a class above the Cowboys, and the Cowboys are even more dangerous because they don't know they're not as good as they think they are. Yeah, so they're going to yeah. walk right into the uppercut here, 30-13, to 13, Bengals all over the Cowboys, Cowboys with Cooper Rush not getting it done. This is what you get when you allow one of these backup quarterbacks, one of the classic NFL backups with the name that you can switch around, Cooper Rush, Rush Cooper. There's a lot of guys like that out there on rosters that, that just fit that bill. It's not going to work. The Bengals are going to win big. I like them to win 30-13 to 13 over the Cowboys. Texans at the Broncos. The Texans 0-0-1. The Broncos 0-1 after that ridiculous decision by Nathaniel Hackett. Home opener. Crowd may be a little restless as they welcome the team. Out onto the field, can the Broncos deliver as 10-point favorites with an over-under of 45? I, I do think they're going to deliver, without a doubt. I'm picking them to win the football game. There's no question. I do. I think they're in a different class as far as – I'm, I'm not a believer in the Texans. I think things fell the right way for them. And, you know, I know they're, they're, they're pretty well coached, but I don't watch them and go, ooh, that's really creative. They're kind of just a sound football team with a lot of solid players, but no good to great players. And I just don't think that's going to get it done on the road, up in Denver. The excitement of finally getting to see Russell Wilson at home, right? We saw, you know, again, the bad decision by Nathaniel Hackett really took away from a lot of good things we saw from the Denver Broncos. And I, I just, I don't really have faith, I think, in the Texans' run game to take over. And then I'm definitely not, after that, going to go, oh, well, the pass game will do it. Not against that secondary there. No, no, I think they're too talented. So uh, I'm going to go Broncos 
Well, I had it right on the dot here. I'm going to go Broncos 28-17, to 17, just like I did the game before. And I'm going to have them cover, and I think they're going to kind of win comfortably here against Houston. I got the Broncos not covering. I, I still need to see more consistency from the offense. The plays need to get in faster. Definitely. Russell Wilson got away with some bad throws last week. That one touchdown, was it the touchdown to Jerry Judy? Yeah, he underthrew it. We were texting about that. He underthrew it, and the the defensive back didn't even see it coming. Right. Russell, and it's not quite as bad as Ben Roethlisberger last year when Ben Roethlisberger thought he was the guy that he was in 2011, but Russell Wilson needs to understand he's not as fast as he used to be, and he needs to start adjusting to that there are too many occasions where he thinks he can get around the edge no definitely. And he can't yeah he can squirt through the middle and he can't there was a play early in that game where he took like a seven yard sack running out of bounds just throw the ball away yeah but he I had it in his that. head he could get he could get the edge right he thinks he can still get the edge he's got to realize that that he may be able to cook but it's not a fry anymore it's more of a simmer and he's got to be able to understand the limits of what he can do all right cardinals at the raiders the Cardinals are five and a half point underdogs, over under a fifty one and a half. Both teams are zero and one. Who do you like? I like the Raiders. I do. I don't have a lot, lot of faith in the Cardinals. I mean, there's, there's some things to be concerned about, but I do think you're going to get like one of their best efforts in this football game. I do. That's where I, I think it'll be close. I'm not, not, not totally confident in that. I guess this is where I think it'll be close. I think the Raiders are going to move the ball in the Cardinals, but the Raiders aren't, you know, I think clicking on all cylinders. Again, there's Derek Carr. It was his first game in the Josh McDaniel system. He's getting used to things. You know, he made some turnovers, didn't move on to reads a few times where you just go, go get to the second guy, go. You know, stuck that way a little bit. Um, but nonetheless, I think they will move the ball on this Cardinals Cardinals defense. Uh, it, the Cardinals don't have anybody to take advantage of the Raiders O-line that I look at to be not that great. And then, you know, on the other side of the ball, hey, Kyler Murray, he didn't look bad in the football game. You know, I, I'm not a believer in the Cliff Kingsbury offense. I do think they're a little bit of like, oh, this is a cool play. Yeah, it's a cool play. But is there a rhyme or reason to why you're running it? Like, I know it's cool and it looks cool and you motion somebody and did something cool, but there's got to be a rhyme and reason to it. Like, what are you attacking? You know, what is it? I think they can just call plays a little bit there. So I think it's close football game, but I'm going to go Raiders 27-24. Cardinals kind of give a last-ditch effort because they don't want to go 0-2, but I just don't think they're good enough to overcome it, really, and that's why I picked the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. I feel like there are fundamental flaws with the Cardinals organization. We saw bits and pieces of it throughout the offseason, the ridiculous unforced error with the Kyler Murray four hours per week study clause, the comments last week after the game from Cliff Kingsbury that you – can't expect to practice well when you or play well when you don't practice well. Well, whose job is it to ensure good practice habits? I just feel like this has disaster written all over it in 2022 for the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, they're they're lucky that the Rams and the 49ers both lost last week, but I think they're going to fall into a hole that they may not be able to get out of. And we picked them to be third in the division. Maybe it's going to be fourth in the division if the Seahawks are better than we thought they were going to be. I just think that the Raiders at home. With Josh McDaniels, with that offense, getting themselves on better footing and going against a lesser opponent than last week, I think they win this one 34-21, and maybe it'll be a best bet. We'll see sooner rather than later.
coming up, the primetime games for Week 2, including Aaron Rodgers versus the team that he claims to own. We'll discuss that when PFTPM and Chris Sims unbutton. Continue right after this. Sunday night, Lambeau Field, Chicago Bears escaping the swamp on which they played week one, beat the 49ers, down 10-0 in the second half, came back and got it done. Packers lost by 16 to the Vikings, although it could have been very different if Christian Watson just catches the damn football at the outset of the Packers' first drive. Chris, the Packers are 10-point favorites against their arch rivals from Chicago, 42.5 point over under, who do you like? It's too much for me. I'm picking the Packers to win, but it's too many points. I, I you know, I know it's Aaron Rodgers, and, and I know, you know, hey, we think they're going to be pissed off and all of that. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a believer in the offense right now. I don't look at it. I think Rodgers does have a trust issue with the young quarterbacks. You heard me talk today that I don't think it. it, it what concerns me about Rodgers is the throws he doesn't make. Where I go, he's open. Why are we checking it down? You know, for the completion percentage, the quarterback rating, pocket's good. Guys open down the middle for 20 yards. Throw the freaking ball, right? That's why he's not in the class of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes right now or Justin Herbert. He's not. I just showed Pete some of those plays, too, and he's like, whoa, whoa. There, there's, there's a handful of them, almost every game now. And then you add in the fact that I don't think they're that special on the offensive side of the ball scheme-wise. I think it's a good scheme. I don't look at it and go, great. I don't think they're a great running team. I think they're a good running team. And I think the Bears are one of those teams. It's just they're coached well. They do the right things. They're not overly talented. And I think the fact that their their offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, coming from Green Bay is going to help Matt Eberflus out. Eberflus, their defense, very well coached always, never really out of position. So I'm going to pick them to hang around a little bit. I'm picking the Packers to win 23-20, but I think Chicago is going to make this interesting. I'm, I'm a, kind of a believer in Justin Fields and his ability to make plays when the time counts. You know, every time I hear the name Luke Getze, I think of Joe Pesci's character from Lethal Weapon. To Leo, Leo Getz. Getz. They Leo fuck Getz. you Whenever at the drive-thru. They oh, fuck you Stop. at the drive-thru. Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> um, I, I, I think the Packers, uh, this is just, to me, one of those old-school butt whoopings coming. Now, for NBC's sake, we would like an exciting game that is undecided up until the very last second, possibly with a controversial ending. But... I, I think the Packers take care of business. I think they know the stakes. They know they need to turn it around. And they're at home against a Bears team that we did not get a clear representation of last Sunday in that that muck and mire of Soldier Field. I, I think it settles down. I think that the, the receivers begin the process of stepping up. Aaron Rodgers figures out how to deal with those players, maybe does get the ball down the field a little bit more running with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, I, I think they'll be fine. I think they win 31-17. to 17. But y you're making me a little less confident with your criticism of Aaron Rodgers, uh, but I still think the Packers get it done. Monday Night Football, an overlapping doubleheader. Titans-Bills in the first game. Bills are 10-point favorites, over under a 48. Bills very rested, 11 days between games. Do they win? Do they cover, Chris? They, they do win. I, I can't go with the cover. It's just 10 points is a little too much for me there. It is. It just, you know, I'm, first off, I think the Titans are going to be mad and have an edge about them. Mike Vrabel, oh, I, I, I just have too much respect for him to think that 
you know, Josh Allen is just going to run around, make plays. They're going to dominate. I still think this is a a Titans defense that's pretty damn good. You know, they, they even without Harold Landry, my man Rashad Weaver, second year guy to Pitt, he's rushing the passer well. We know Bud Dupree, Jeffrey Simmons. You know, I I think they can be a pain in the butt for the Bills Bills offense. And then of course we know they can run the ball on that side of the ball. Ryan Tannehill looked good. I know this is Bills defense that's much improved. I'm not saying they're going to go up and down the field, but I think they're going to hang around and make this competitive, especially with the danger and the fear of going, oh my gosh, we could start out 0-2 here. But either way, I'm picking them by 9. I'm going 30-21 to Bills. Um, but I just couldn't, you know, I, I just 10 seemed a little much for me. And I don't look at the spread and pick them. You know how I do it. I pick the games, pick the score, and then look at the spread and go, wait, this is what I believe. This is what I'm going to go with. Now where is my best bet going to come from? Um, so I guess I'm threading the needle for about the 75th time this week. Yeah, and I, 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 I reject the needle thread. I think the Bills will cover this one. I think the Bills are for real this year. They proved it to us last week against the Rams, and I think they will be even more energized. They know what happened in their home opener last year when they ended up being beaten by the Steelers. They'll be on guard for that. The Titans coming off of an emotional loss at home where they had the game won and they blew it. I think the Bills know that that this is the kind of game they have to win. The Titans were the one seed last year. And didn't they lose to the Titans on a Monday nighter? Was yes, it last they did. Year? It was last the year. The slipping the of the quarterback sneak. really make their move. Remember? Yes. Yes. I, I think the Bills pull this one off, and I think they win 38-24. to 24, And I wish we could watch all of it because at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Monday, I will be primarily focused on – a return match of the 2017 NFC Championship game. The Vikings back in Philadelphia. Eagles are two-point favorites. Both teams won in week one, over under a 50-and-a-half. Chris, will I be texting you to blow the horn during the game? Uh, yeah, I, I do think there are going to be some blowing in the horns. I also think there's going to be a lot of fly-Eagles fly in the football game, too. Am I, am I crazy to think that I, I think there's going to be a lot of points on the board in this football game? I mean, I, I really do. You know, and it's not that I think like either defense is that bad. I think the Eagles' offense is very special. I do. And Jalen Hurts is good. I think the Eagles' defense is pretty damn good. But here's my problem, Mike. They are so simple on defense, like so simple and predictable, that quarterbacks must go, oh, this is great. I mean, I get to walk up to the line of scrimmage, and I just know what coverage they're in on every play. I don't, they, they don't blitz much. It's just, oh, it's cover three. It's cover four. That's not good against Kevin O'Connell and company. I'm picking a high-scoring game. The Eagles going to win this one, 31 to 28. But I, I, yeah, I don't have faith in that scheme in Philadelphia right now. A little concerning. Way too simple and predictable. I think the Eagles may try to slow it down offensively. Maybe run the ball maybe. a little bit more to yeah. keep the Vikings' offense off the field. I agree with you, though. And I don't know. You can call it an emotional hedge if you want. I think the Eagles are going to win the game. I prefer to be right. I think the Eagles win this one 24-21. to 21. The Vikings are still going to be very good this year. But this is a tough spot at night in Philly. Home opener for the Eagles. I, I, I think the Eagles pull it off. We're going to take a break. When we return, our best bets for the week and our selection that resulted in us both failing last week. The one game that we would take. Straight. We're dead in the gutter. We're already dead in the gutter, yeah. so I don't know that we even do the Folsom Prison pick. We'll be back with more right after this. Best bets time on this joint production of Chris Sims Unbuttoned and PFTPM. We each pick our three favorite plays of the week. Last week, Chris was 3-0. and I was 1-2. and Chris, by the way, has picked 
12 underdogs this week, and we disagree on five games straight up. Do we? And this is always that slot machine effect. Yeah. There's only we one line up our, agree. our best bets. All right, go ahead. You go first. Well, I'm taking the Bengals. Because, I mean, I picked it to be 28-17, and I, as I was going and looking, I didn't talking, I was going, eh, this could be more. And, and I know your score was higher than that as well. So that's my first one, and I expect you to pick that as well. So that's where the slot machine will line up, but I think that's where it will end today. This is a line that's too low because the general public thinks too much of the the Cowboys Cowboys. and not enough of the Bengals. Right. 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 I agree with you. I think the Bengals win this one easily and cover, so we agree. So the slot machine is active so far. You've got the two cherries, Bengals and Bengals. Where do we go in the second column? You go. Let me hear yours next. Go ahead. I'm going to, you know, I'm I'm probably going to regret this. But I think the Colts will beat the Jaguars by four points. If Frank Reich actually wants to fly home after the game, (laughs) he will show up with his team and beat the Colts by more than, or the Jaguars, excuse me, by more than four points. I think the Colts will get it done. And I know the Jaguars are better, but I think the Colts will pull this off. You know, maybe he'll ask Shad Khan to take the plane to Cleveland or uh, Ohio and hang out at a bar after the game, too. He'd be like, hey, can I borrow that plane that, you know, Irwin Meyer was on last year? (laughs) Um, All right. I don't do this a lot, but I'm going the under. I'm going under town right here. Under in the Ravens-Dolphins game. I just look at it right now and go, I think the Ravens defense is good and the Dolphins on the road and all that. And, yeah, hey, we got Tyreek and Waddle. But like we said, it was 13 points last week. All right? The over-under is at 44.5. I picked it Ravens 20-17. to I wouldn't be shocked if this is 17-14 or 17-13 kind of game. So I'm going the under in that one. I've got 200 dogs I really like this weekend, the Steelers and the Seahawks. I was leaning Seahawks. I'm going Steelers. Steelers at home over the Patriots. The Brian Flores effect. Take that, Bill Belichick. Steelers are my third best bet. How about yours? All right. My third one is going to be an over. I, I, I'm, you know, I thread the needle wow. on too many of these. I'm going with the Eagles-Vikings over. The 31-28, you know, the over-under is set at, I think, at 50 and a half. I obviously have 59 points there total. I'm going into over. I'm expecting a little bit of an offensive shootout there. All right, Folsom Prison Blues, who's the one team, the one game that we would pick straight up if we're lying, dying in a gutter, the one game we rely upon this weekend to deliver? Well, I know the Cowboys are supposed to have guns on their holsters, but the Bengals are coming in. They have no opposable thumbs, but they're going to shoot the Cowboys and win this one. Sorry. We'll die together in the gutter. I'll take the Bengals as well. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll see everybody Friday morning for BFT Live. See ya. (laughs) 